select a verse and randomly you can select as your will and just read. We'll read continually from verse 1 through 16. You can read as many verses as you like. Let's go ahead and get started. Pause there. Just to verse 16 we want to go to. Okay. So in our series, And So We Pray, we see um, the gospel being spread as Acts outlined that it be spread through Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and now to the uttermost parts of the world. Here we have Saul going on his way to Damascus, and uh, we see something we're very familiar with. We see his, his conversion. We see um, how God interacts, uh, interrupts his way of thinking, and, and um, makes a, a mighty impact um, in his life. I was impressed as I was reading through this and just kind of meditating on it. Um, it, it we we kind of take it for granted, but let's look at the word Lord here. And let's look at what it does throughout this passage. <coughs> um, you can ask that simple uh, Sunday school question, who does Lord refer to in, in verse 1? Was Saul still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord? Says Jesus, Max said Jesus Christ, and that's so true. The disciples of Christ, and Christ here is called the Lord. Let's continue this thought as we go through verse 5. Who does Lord refer to there? It says, and he said, who are you, Lord? Now, obviously, Saul doesn't know. Jesus, but he gives him a respectful title because obviously something is happening in his life, and he his whole his whole mindset is shifting, and um, he, God God has his attention. But it's not just God the Father who's acting here; it's God the Son that's speaking to Saul. And notice what he says in verse five. In verse 4, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul answers, he says, who are you, Lord? Notice what he says, I am Jesus. So right away, this passage is, is relating Lord to Jesus, not to God the Father, but to Jesus. Jesus is Lord, and he is acting in a very specific and decisive way. Other question, in what way, this is a, um, a simple question, but it's a question that we ask it to, to really um, search out this text and, and see what, what's happening here. Verse 5, he, he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. In what way is Paul or Saul here persecuting Jesus? Okay, by, by persecuting his followers, by the disciples of the Lord. We see that in verse 1, Paul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And so um, we, we see that. And it's, it's five points I really want to make. Get my computer to act right here, okay. There's five points I really want to make here that, that I want us to see. Uh, first of all, we said... Uh, well, one other question. In verse 10 and 11, and actually 13 and 15, 
we see the word Lord again there. Let's look at how it's used there. Someone read verse 10 and someone else 11 and some 13 and someone 15. So two, two uses of the word Lord. So we'll find out exactly who this Lord is. Uh, verse 11. This Lord tells him, gives him specific instructions. Verse 13. It again, how much evil he has done. Mm-hmm. To, to your saints, right? He says, the Lord has saints, right? And Saul is the one who's done evil to his saints. Uh, and then verse... 15. He is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Now, if this had just been Lord Jehovah, um, Saul wouldn't be going to Damascus to put people away for for speaking in the name of Jehovah God. Him, him being a Jew, he was all for that. But when Lord now refers to Jesus, that's a whole different thing. And this Jesus is the whole reason why Saul has come to Damascus, and this Jesus interrupts his life and is saying, I am Lord. I am equivalent with Jehovah Lord, and yet I am Jesus. And I want you to make that connection with me that I am Jesus, Lord. Look at verse 17, too. We didn't read that in our passage. Someone read that for us. Specifically sent Ananias to Saul, the Lord Jesus, okay? So he says, the Lord Jesus spoke to you, and it's the Lord Jesus who sent me. So he makes it clear, those verses we read in verse 13 and 15, he's speaking to Jesus. But Ananias answered, verse 13, Lord, I've heard, many, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. Jesus he's referring to. In verse 15, but the Lord said to him, Jesus, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. It's Jesus, Lord, that he's referring to. And it's Jesus, Lord, who interrupted Saul on the way to Damascus. It's Jesus, Lord, who came and spoke to Ananias and told, sent him back to, to Saul to speak to him. And so I, I want to just recap five, five points that um, I want to carry from this message for us as we pray tonight. One is, and, and, and some of these are obvious, but they are important. God uses perse persecution to advance the gospel. We see that, right, in verse 1. Um, that that's all that's coming to do. God uses persecution. And the question that goes with that, are you more prone to think, to reflect, to worship, to trust, to run to God in difficulties or when you have constant blessing? 
are you more prone to to run to God, to think and to reflect, to worship Him in difficulties, or when you have constant blessing? Now it's true we ought to come to Him at all times, um, but there's a significant um, thing that happens when we are being persecuted, when we have challenges uh, and issues. We come and we pray. We pray to God. And God uses that oftentimes to, to accomplish his purpose, to bring us to him and cause us to, to run to him and, and, and find our, our, um, um, our resolve in him, find, find our solution, our salvation, our deliverance in him. The second point um, I'll make here is... Um, that Jesus identifies with his suffering saints. He says, Saul, you persecuted me. Um, when you persecute my people, my saints, you are persecuting me. Jesus identifies. And so as we come to pray tonight, those needs, sometimes, you know, the Holy Spirit says sometimes we have needs that we can't even utter with words, with, with, with human words. Jesus knows our needs. He identifies with is suffering persecuted saints. And the fourth point, excuse me, third point, is that Jesus speaks to and saves one in this crowd. I didn't point it out as we were reading, but when you read through that passage, it says there were others with Saul. They heard the voice, right? But nothing is recorded about any experience they had. In fact, when we see Paul later recount this, these other people with him weren't impacted. It was Saul who was impacted. Jesus went after Saul individually and impacted him. One, he went after one in the crowd. And I kind of make this note, he went after the worst one. Saul was the leader. He was the one who was hauling people in prison, he was going to Damascus for that reason. Jesus went after him. Now, there's some some personal application that that you need to know from this, and you can kind of connect it with Ananias. That, that and so let me make my second point. My, my what point am I on? My fourth point, and make it all connected. My thing keeps going off here. Um. Paul is saved against his will and is transformed from a persecutor to one who's willing to suffer persecution. This is sometimes, this is often ignored when we look at the gospel. Did you realize Paul is saved against his will? When it says in chapter 9, verse 1, Paul was on his way to Damascus, right? What was he going to do? He wasn't going to preach the gospel there. He was hell-bent for, for persecuting and, and, and putting in prison and killing if he, if, he, if he had to. That's what they did with, with Stephen. That's what his mission was, and he was bound and determined to do that until, like we say, but God. God stepped into his life. So against his will, God stepped in and saved him. Now that to me is, is awesome, it's encouraging because it encourages us, I look at us kind of as the Ananias in this passage. 
God sends someone, the way that God saves Saul is by sending someone to him. He steps in, he speaks to him directly, but he also sends Ananias to follow up and to talk with him. And, and he, he does this to the worst one in the crowd, and he does this against this person's will. That ought to encourage you as you pray. You're praying for some people it seems like they'll never get saved. And you know what? <laughs> it's humanly impossible, but it's not impossible with God. God can go after that specific one, and he often does, and he can save that one. So let's not give up in our prayer um, for doing that. And then the, another application is how God does that. He does that through Ananias. And so... Um, let me make the last point. In saving Paul, Jesus uses Ananias and he calls him out of his own comfort zone. He calls him out. Um, there's much there. You notice in this interaction, makes it a point. Verse 10. Now, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. I wonder why he gave us that little part of it. Why couldn't he just say it? And the Lord spoke to him and said this. It starts off with this little interaction. The Lord spoke to him and said, Ananias. Ananias said, here I am, Lord. We, we remember that from, from 1 Samuel uh, with, with Samuel as a little boy and Eli, right? But the point here is that God speaks. He gets the attention and he calls for a response much the same way we would with our children. Is that we say, we call their name. We expect them to acknowledge our voice and respond. And so Ananias says, here I am, Lord. In other words, I'm ready to listen and to do what you've asked me to do. And I think that's the response God wants us to be at. I am ready. And then God gives him something to do that he doesn't really want to do. He has good reason not to want because Paul is a violent person. He's got a lot of authority. And he says, I've heard a lot of stuff about him, Lord. And I really don't want to go down there. And Jesus says, I want you to go down there anyway. In other words, when we say yes to God, we can't let our own fears say no. We have to, when the Lord speaks, he calls us out. He speaks, he, he often tells us to do something that we're not always comfortable with. But that's all right. Um, he still wants us to do it because he has a, a purpose and, and a mission. So just to recap, this is how he impacted Saul for the sake of Saul being a, 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 an instrument uh, for the gospel's sake. He used Ananias in that. And today, perhaps you might be that Ananias. You might be one. Are you listening to God? Are you answering and say, here I am, Lord. I'm going to give my attention to what you have to say. Now speak to me. And then he speaks. He goes, oh, Lord, I know you're going to tell me to do that. But, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in your power and your strength. By faith in you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey you. So my prayer is that we'll be like um, the Ananias in that.